and welcome to Wild Women, the Wild Swimming Podcast. I'm Laura MacDonald. I've got a bit of a different episode for you today, as I've got two interviews for you. I'm afraid we are getting into murky, polluted waters today. Waters which many swimmers are already paddling in, although you may not be aware of it. River swimmers in particular, this one is for you. I find the subject both horrifying and fascinating, and I'm sure you will too. Before I plunge us all into a world of ickiness, I have an even more unpleasant thing to do. Self-promotion. Please come and follow Wild Women Pod on Facebook and Instagram. You will get to see photos of our lovely guests so that you can put a face to the voice. And if you are so inclined, you can tag me in your photos and I will share them in my stories every Tuesday. I do this in an effort to cheer myself up in between swims and bouts of housework. So use the hashtag Wild Women and show me your post-swim grins and cake. If you love the show, then please review it and let everyone know why they should also be listening. If you really love the show and want it to keep going, then please consider supporting my Patreon. For a very tiny monthly contribution of £3, you will have access to extra Wild Women content, including an extra helping from today's episode. Right, let's get to it. Today we are in the icky, sicky world of river pollution. If you want a cuppa with your podcast, then I'd get stuck into it now because there is a chance I might put you right off your biscuits in a few minutes. You have been warned. And while I'm putting up warnings, if there is anyone with delicate ears in the vicinity, I just want to give you a heads up that there are a few sweary moments in today's episode. Nothing that I would judge to be offensive, but then offence is relative. I just thought that I would let you know that there's a decent bit of Anglo-Saxon coming your way. There's going to be a lot of sewage chat today, so I'm just going to go over a couple of terms that come up so that we're all on the same page, and also to prove to my civil engineer stepfather that I was listening when he talked me through this. There are two main types of sewerage system, separate and combined. In a separate system, your household waste goes in one pipe, And the surface water collected from gutters after rainfall goes into another. And the foul is shifted off to a wastewater treatment and surface water generally trickles off into a watercourse. In a combined system, there is only one pipe, which is grand. Except when it starts chucking it down or a couple of weeks worth of snow all melts in one go. Because such a massive influx of surface water will overwhelm the system. The historic and current answer to this emergency is the combined sewerage outflow which is a relief mechanism that allows the overwhelmed system to dump out that which it can't deal with. Basically, it stops your toilet going into reverse and giving your ensuite the train spotting treatment, because seriously, that is the alternative. As nasty as dumping out untreated sewage is, the theory behind the CSO is that the untreated waste should be hugely diluted by the rainwater, although that doesn't account for the litter that also gets flushed into the system. By the way, please do not do that. And these events should also be as rare as the conditions that cause them. That is the theory. However, there are many groups, and I'm going to give a shout out to Surfers Against Sewage and the Rivers Trust, who are both doing amazing work on this, who point out that the number of spill events massively outnumbers the number of storm events. Climate change is only going to give us more regular storms at a higher intensity, so this problem is only going to get worse unless the systems are updated. Okay, altogether, fabulous. First off today, I am speaking to Karen Shackleton, who founded the Ilkley Clean River Group after witnessing a combined sewage outflow in action. I also recorded a chat with swimmer, town councillor and all-round excellent fellow Owen Wells about his life as an outdoor swimmer and the swimming achievements that he gained later in life. 
For those of you who haven't had the pleasure, Ilkley is a delightful little spa town in West Yorkshire in the north of England. And running through Ilkley is the River Wharf, which runs for 65 miles from its source in the Yorkshire Dales National Park until it joins the River Ouse. Karen and I chat about her work to raise awareness of the pollution problems in the local area and their successes in achieving bathing water status for the River Wharf in Ilkley. Well, I'm, I'm Karen Shackleton, founder member of Ilka Clean River Group. I'd love to hear about what prompted you uh, you founding the Clean River Group. What happened? One of the local fishermen came to me to say instead of catching fish on his line, he was catching sanitary towels, condoms and the so-called flushable wet wipes on his line. And he'd gone to find out why this was happening. And what he found out was that there was raw sewage coming into the River Wharf from the Ilkley Sewage Treatment Works whenever we had rainfall. And he'd spent well over a year logging everything and trying to get the Environment Agency to act and Yorkshire Water to act to clean it up and stop it. And he wasn't wasn't getting anywhere. So he was telling me about it and I was Vice President of Wharfdale Naturalist Society at the time. So my interest was the wildlife. He says, come on, we've got to go do something about this. And so I went down to have a look. And it was horrendous. I went down when it was raining and the sewage was shooting out with such force into our river, straight across to the other side of the bank. And it was brown, stinky sewage as far as the eye could see down, down, flowing down river. And I was absolutely devastated because you can say it's going in, but until you actually see it, it is just horrendous. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to do something about this and... I'm only a dog walker. I I didn't know what to do, but I brought it up at the Wharfdale Naturalist Committee meeting and I told them what was happening. And they said, well, we're not a campaign group and it's also legal and allowed by the Environment Agency because the Environment Agency issues permits for raw sewage to be discharged into rivers under periods of exceptional and prolonged rainfall conditions. They said, so there's nothing we can do. What can we do? And I remember looking around that committee room thinking, I guess it's down to me then, because even if it's legal, it can't be right. And it's not right. And there's fish in there that have no voice. And I'm going to have to stand up and do something about it. But I'm just a dog walker. I I didn't know what to do. However, one of my customers, Becky Malby, had campaigned to save our local Lido from closing down. So I spoke to her. I told her what was happening. And her response was, they're doing what? We can't have that. And of course, Becky's a wild swimmer as well. And also through my connections with the Wharfdale Naturalist Society, I knew Professor Rick Batterby, who was a water ecologist. And I sent him some photographs that I'd taken of all these sanitary towels and wet wipes and everything that were in the river and left over. And he came back and said, what a disgrace. This is horrendous. Only too happy to help. So there was a team of five of us initially, really. There was me, Becky Malby, Professor Rick Batterby, Steve Fairburn, the angler, and his partner Kathleen, who used to work as a secretary for the um, somewhere in, in the EU. So it turned out, really, that was all the team we needed. And that's how we formed the group. Fantastic. Your own little super group. We were. <laughs> we were a little super group. 
So what we did then, I took some photographs and I posted them onto our local Facebook page called Ilty Chat. And a local radio station came down and interviewed me. Everybody on Ilty Chat went ballistic. Nobody had any idea this was happening in their river. It was full of sewage and they were absolutely horrified. And because it got such a reaction, we had ITV calendar coming in and filmers and BBC Look North. And so the publicity we generated from that in itself was enough to sort of get the attention of the EA and the water companies. So then we held a, a town meeting with the Environment Agency in and Yorkshire Water in to hold them to account and ask them what, what was happening and what was going on. I suppose our initial was concern that the permit to allow the sewage to go into the river was set too low. And they said, well, Yorkshire Water are not breaking the terms of the permit, so we've no grounds to increase the permit. And we'd said, well, it's set that low that it's happening only tw- after only 20 minutes of normal everyday rainfall. We were going around in circles there saying they can't increase it because it, it's set so low, they're not breaking the terms of the permit, so we'd know where to go there. And what they also said was it's having no ecological impact on the river. So basically there's, there's nothing we can do about it, not our problem, nothing to see here. Well, when you see a river filled with sewage... And you see the debris that's left behind. I mean, really, we should only be flushing down our toilets, pee, paper and poo. These things shouldn't be in the river anyway, but people do it. I took a bit of offence at that and thought, well, obviously, it is having ecological damage and, and you know, this, this can't carry on like this. It's just horrendous. And we were really getting nowhere with them. However, the amount of times it was happening was a problem because it should only happen under exceptional circumstances and obviously it wasn't happening here so we the next town meeting we said well it's breaking the terms of the urban wastewater treatment directive which says this should only happen in periods of snow melt or prolonged periods of rainfall and obviously that wasn't happening so we pointed out that which got them a bit edgy but also we found out that there was over 144 days worth of sewage discharged into the river during 2019. And that was ours totaling 144 days going into our river. And that's just one, I suppose that's one sewage outlet. And there are thousands of these situated all across the country, all operating in the same way under the same permits. And when you think about it, it's just absolutely mind-blowing. The Environment Agency released the 2020 data after I recorded these interviews. So we now know that last year, water companies discharged raw sewage into rivers and coastal waters in England more than 400,000 times. Yorkshire Water recorded 65,083 spill events, which totaled a duration of 420,419 hours. These numbers show a massive rise in the number of occasions in which water companies dumped untreated sewage into English waterways. And they are at pains to note that this is because they are now monitoring nearly 50% more combined sewage outflows than they were the year before. And while it makes sense that recording more outflows will give higher numbers, that is scant comfort when you are bathing in the river. You will find a link to the article I'm referencing in the show notes. So we we were keeping an eye on the discharges and it was quite a dry summer that summer. So the river was really, really low. And 
what happens is that in Ilkley, we're a spa town, we're on the edge of the Yorkshire National Park, we've got the iconic Ilkley Moors, so a lot of people and visitors come to Ilkley and they head down to the river to swim, paddle, play, with picnic with the families and school children go down on the holidays after school to swim and play in the rivers as we did as children. And so we put out a, a call and says, has anybody been poorly after being swimming in the river? And we, we got a, a huge response from some horrific stories of how violently ill people had got swimming and playing in the rivers. So because we were getting nowhere with the ecological status and the permits, there was no other way for us to get any investment into the sewage treatment was Ilkley and upstream at Addingham to clean our rivers up, other than... Kathleen came up with the idea of applying for bathing water designation, which there's no other river in the country that is designated as a bathing water site. However, there's hundreds of these across Europe and it's under European legislation. So we thought, right, well, we'll we'll go for this. So what you have to do is you have to apply to DEFRA to say we're going to do this. And we also have to apply to Bradford Council, the landowner, for permission, which we got, which had been quite a stumbling block in the past for other other applications. And what you have to do is you have to count the number of people paddling, swimming and playing in the river throughout the whole of the bathing season, which goes from May to September. So we had to do this a couple of times a week, on a weekend, school holidays, during the week. And we were getting over a thousand people swimming, paddling and playing in our river, in a river which was potentially contaminated with sewage it has to reach um, a certain level of cleanliness with this directive which is e coli count of less than 900 coliforming units per 100 milliliter of water okay. and we started a citizen science test to assess the quality of the water and we were getting i mean downstream we were getting 30 40 times that readings of over 30,000 when the limit was 900. But in low conditions, when it hadn't been raining, the water was was reasonably good upstream of the sewage treatment works. However, downstream, going downstream to the next village down, say Burley, it was never, ever below that. So that was never safe to swim in. And what happens with bathing water designation is you get testing regularly by the EA to assess the quality of the water and whether it is safe to swim in or not. And what we found was upstream wasn't too far off those those readings, but downstream of the sewage treatment works was never safe to paddle, play and swim in, but people were doing it and they were getting very ill. And so what they have to do then is put signage up to advise people when the water is safe and clean to swim in and when it isn't. So at least people who are swimming in it will know the risks and be able to go, oh, well, we can't swim down there because it's filthy and filled with sewage, but we can swim upstream where it's cleaner and above the sewage outflow. So that's where we are now, really. Fantastic. So the bathing water status means that you'll get regular testing so that people will at least know the status does that mean that then the the water companies are going to be able to act on those figures Yorkshire Water said they were committed to investing in improving the sewage treatment works upstream 
in Addingham, which is village upstream, which they closed their sewage treatment plant down years ago and they pipe it down to Wilkley. But what obviously what happens when it rains up there, the sewage goes into the river up there and and then comes down to Wilkley. So they're investing in improving the sewage treatment and, and the overflow up at Addingham and also downstream at Ilkley, there are certain things that they can do. They can install what is called UV disinfection and that kills off all the harmful bacteria in the sewage treatment works in the treated works because what we found with the water testing was that even the treated stuff had high levels of E. coli bacteria in and that was coming out 24-7 out of the treated pipe, which was obviously, you know, a public health concern, which is why we wanted the signage up. Because upstream, a lot of the time it's good, but if it rains and the sewage outflow triggers, then obviously it's not going to be good. But downstream, we knew it was never going to be good simply because of the quality of the treated sewage and all the way down to Burley. It doesn't reach the standards under the Bathing Waters Directive Oh, dear. Wow. And bearing in mind, between the source of the wharf to Ilkley, there are dozens of these sewage outlets all operating in the same manner. Oh, dear. It's really hard to to even know what to say about that because you just assume that a sewage treatment works is treating, or that the treated sewage is at least, you know, clean. Yeah. Well, we we all assumed that until we did the water testing and found out that the treated stuff is as big a problem for human health as as the untreated stuff. Have you raised that with the water companies? Have they said anything about it? We've had several meetings with with Yorkshire Water and there are certain standards they have to adhere to to treat the water and apparently they're within those standards. Standards are wrong, aren't they? Yeah, it's not very good, really. It's a bit, it's a bit of a mess, and there's a lot of, lot of work to do. <laughs> we had um, a guy called Rhys Blakely from the Times come down to write an article on Ilkley and say that we're going to be the first, we're the first river in the country to apply for ba- designated bathing water status. And he came down, and the night before we'd had a massive thunderstorm, and it was a proper th- storm, so. All those dozens and dozens of what they combined called combined sewage outlets upstream of Ilkley would have all been discharging raw sewage into the river that night. Come eight o'clock in the morning, it was glorious sunshine. Place was packed with people swimming in the river, and the water looks fine. They were all swimming and playing. And one of our local doctor's daughters was was in that river at the time. And she had no idea what was happening. And her daughter was violently ill for days afterwards. And she actually um, came on Countryfile and was interviewed by Countryfile, came to Ilkley to film to, to cover the bathing water story. And yeah, she was horrified. In terms of the campaign, you know, were there any stumbling blocks that you've encountered along the way? I think the difficulty really is generating public awareness to what's happening and how bad the issue actually is because people are totally unaware of it because who who walks on a river when it's throwing it down with rain and also 
you see the water going into into the river, you don't know what it is and what it might look a different colour and it might look a bit murky and grey and cloudy. But if you don't actually know what that is and why it's happening, you just assume that's a stream or mm-hmm. it's you know it's nothing harmful. Whereas in in fact it's raw sewage. And you can get hepatitis from raw sewage, cryptosporidium, giardia, some really nasty, serious illnesses you can get from going in the river when when that's in there. And that's not, not, not starting on the antibiotics that are going through people's systems and all the hormones that are going through people's systems, all the wet wipes that's entering the river. It's, it's not, <laughs> The more you learn about it, the worse it gets, I'm afraid. <laughs> can never unlearn this information can we no i'm sorry you can't (laughs) it's definitely easier to be ignorant isn't it sometimes yes but you know all this after lockdown a lot of people have got into wild swimming and open water swimming in rivers because obviously is right in the middle of the country we've no access to to the seaside where there are a lot of designated bathing water sites and a lot of other people don't have that access either in terms of what you've kind of learned along your way, have you got any top tips for other campaigns that are trying to follow your lead? I would get your local council involved and the press. Raise as much awareness as you can. I mean, obviously not everybody's lucky as I am to have a water ecologist on board. Get in touch with your local Rivers Trust. They're running a campaign called Rivers Fit to Swim In. They've actually got an interactive map which shows you where all these sewage outlets are and when they've discharged a lot of the time. And bring the water companies and the environment agency together in town meetings so that people can actually understand the issues and show people what's happening, take photographs, get your local press involved. Uh, Social media is a great source. Form your own group. There are a lot of people now campaigning for this issue to be resolved on Twitter and things like that. Join up with other groups just to add more pressure to get our rivers cleaner, not just for public health, but for the environment as well. And Ilkley won its bathing status in December. Yes, we did. Amazingly. (laughs) <laughs> so until the bathing season starts again <laughs> that'll be in may but that doesn't magically clean our river up for may there's no, still a lot of work to go before our river is clean enough for people to come and swim and play in safely a lot of people think oh ilkley's got bathing water designation we'll all go and swim at ilkley We've applied for bathing water designation because there's a lot of sewage going in here and people do come and play and swim here. It's not going to wave a magic wand overnight that it is going to be clean, but in the future, that's what we're aiming for. And it also brings forward the work that they would have carried out maybe 15, 20 years down the line to to within the next five years. So it, it will make a big difference. It would be the the designation so in in terms of like the infrastructure investment you know it's just going to kind of focus the the water company's mind a little bit on that on that yeah yeah uv disinfection is is the main thing that will help public health and then you've got obviously the impact on the environment with phosphates and nitrates going into the river which is still sky high from from these sewage treatment works and there is such thing as phosphate stripping that you can do to improve the ecological status of the river as well and protect the wildlife that 
relies on the water. Without water, we've nothing. So we need to look after it. That's really inspirational stuff. Thank you very, very much. Thank you again, Karen. Thank you for your time and, of course, your hard work. You will find the links to the Ilkley Clean River Group website and socials in the show notes, as well as links to the Surfers Against Sewage site, where they have a petition that you can sign, and the Rivers Trust app, where you can check the combined sewage outflow locations for your local river. Now it's time to chat to Owen Wells, who has been a lifelong wild swimmer. Owen and I blethered for an absolute age and he told me many charming anecdotes about his many years of swimming outdoors. But I only had time to include a very short snippet in this episode. To hear the full conversation, you will need to sign up to my Patreon. During lockdown, Owen has been swimming in the river wharf upstream of Ilkley, so we chatted about his relationship to the river and the really shitty problems that bathers, anglers and others who enjoy the river are encountering. I used to be one of those who did a very slow and inelegant breaststroke. But when my wife was dying, all sorts of people came to the house. I didn't know who half of them were, Frank, but one of them turned out was coming uh, to see me, which uh, because I was labelled as a carer. I thought that was a load of bullshit. I was not a carer. I was doing no more for her than she would have done for me. Anyway, this person explained that she's coming from a carer's charity and there were small grants available to carers on condition that you spent them on yourself. So I thought, well, why look at gift talks in the mouth? I've never, ever consciously had a swimming lesson in my life. So I decided I would like to have swimming lessons. I've always swum. I swam quite long distances, slowly. So the uh, the grant take a while, took a while to come through. And it was the march after my uh, wife's death that it came through. And I booked up for swimming classes. And on the first class, because I was really desperate to do a proper, efficient crawl, I couldn't do one length of the swimming pool doing the crawl. So I was determined I had to have a goal. So I decided that not that August, that June rather, but the June following, I would do the Great North Swim. So that was my goal. And I have to say, in the June following, I I did a half a mile in the Windermere for the Great North Swim. And I raised about £5,000 for the hospice. And then, you know, once you've done a half mile, well, the next year I decided to do a bit more. So I did the mile. And I have to say... I came second in my age group, which astonished me because I had been warned at the outset for these great big swims. Someone had told me, don't start at the front because people will be swimming over you to try, you know. And I I started near the back and I was having to swim over other people because they weren't going fast enough. Anyway, so I did the mile and various other members of the family did half miles and miles with me, and we raised another £5,000 for Manorland's Manor uh, Hospice. And I was thinking that this last year, I might perhaps have a go at two miles. But the problem with two miles, it, it's time. A mile takes 40 minutes. Well, two miles is going to take an hour and a half, and it gets a bit boring after a while. You know, you bump, bump, bump. And I know people take things like, you know, waterproof earphones to keep themselves amused that strikes me as a bit stupid but uh, i did think i might have got two miles but of course it was cancelled and now i'm well out of practice because there's been no the lido was closed all last year the swimming pool was closed all last year so i've done a bit of swimming in the river i doubt i could do a mile now but who knows we'll get back into it that's the importance of the river because no bugger can close it they can't say not allowed (laughs) 
I've always swam out, out of doors, so, but I have to say it was more usually in the Ilkley Lido than anywhere else or in the sea. Mm-hmm. But now I've really got into river swimming. You swim one way and you're really working hard and you're making a small amount of progress up the river. Then you turn around and go zoom. It's like you shot from a gun. <laughs> Tell me then about your relationship to the river in Ilkley. I've swum periodically in the river in Ilkley for a long time. But I have to say until lockdown, not regularly every day swimming. But I did not know until the Clean River campaign started. I did not know that they were discharging, I say they, I mean Yorkshire water, were discharging raw, untreated sewage into the river. I'm now appalled. I have to say, fortunately, the place where I would normally swim is upstream of the Ilkley Sewage Works. And, and when we started campaigning, Yorkshire Water started, oh, they're very concerned. And they do things like saying, we'll no longer have a 20 millimetre grid to stop the untreated sewage. We'll put a six millimetre grid on. So, of course, the condoms and the sanitary towels will be stopped, but the, the shit would just go straight through as it always had done. But from the point, my point of view of swimming, the real peril I now know was the Attingham combined sewage outflows. Because in storm conditions, they're pumping shit into the river. Now, your notion of a storm and my notion of a storm and Yorkshire Water's notion of a storm is somewhat different. I think if it's a storm when the rain is coming down, hell for leather, and you can't go out. But in the last year, which we measured the whole year, Yorkshire Water recorded 177 storm events. Now, I know the weather in Yorkshire, Yorkshire's a wonderful place, and it's, but it's not known for marvellous weather. It's not like Devon or Cornwall, but we, we haven't had anywhere near 177 storms. So, unfortunately, the difficulty with swimming in the river in Ilkley is sewage coming down. On the whole, the sewage is there when the river is in spate, and there's very few swimmers actually go in when the river is in spate because it's frankly jolly dangerous. So most of the time I've been swimming has been when the water level has been low and so uh, it hasn't been too polluted. But a very good surrogate marker for pollution is the turbidity of the water, the cloudiness. The cloudier the water is, the more likely there is to be untreated sewage in it. It's simple and straightforward. Uh, but it's lovely and clear today. I looked this morning when I took the dog for a walk, so it'll be nice swimming. And I have to say, I've never been ill uh, from swimming in the river, but people who swim downstream of Ilkley Sewage Works have been ill. It's beyond belief there is not a single river in this country into which raw sewage is not pumped. And we never knew. We saw all those blue flags for beaches, You know, when I was young, we knew in Clapton, where I grew up, where the sewage outfall was. And we believed then that, of course, salt water was antiseptic and would purify the sewage. You did see occasional lumps of stuff floating by. Now, we're utterly appalled by the idea that a town could pump its raw, untreated sewage straight into the sea. It can't. And now, 50, 60 years later, we've discovered Yorkshire water and every other bloody waterboard is doing exactly the same to our rivers. It's a scandal. Our last MP, our former MP, the excellent John Grogan, lovely, lovely man, doesn't matter which party you were in, he was a wonderful MP. He came up with this very cunning notion that we should 
locally apply for bathing water status to put pressure on the Yorkshire water to stop them shoving shit into the river. Now, it's a, a wonderful idea. Bathing water status does not tell you that the water is good for bathing. What bathing water status tells you is that it's an actual record of the fact that this is a place where people bathe. It has nothing to do with the water quality. And what we were able to show in Ilkley was on a, on a summer Sunday, there were hundreds of people in the water. We could record that people were actively paddling and bathing in the river. That's what gave us bathing water status. But the knock-on effect is that that then forces the environment agency to start testing the water quality. We know that the water quality will fail. We know that. It's straightforward. We've had our own tests done. But that then produces a huge pressure on Yorkshire Water to clean up their act. And Yorkshire Water are saying, well, previously it was 30 years before they were going to do upgrades on the Oakley Sewage Works. They're talking about perhaps in 10 years' time they won't be discharging. Currently, they're planning to reduce the discharges by 20%. In other words, not from 177 per year, but some are down to 120, 130 per year. So that's a, that's a huge improvement, isn't it? But the whole thing about bathing water status is it was a device. And because it was the government acknowledging this is something that happens, it's not saying something should happen. It was saying this is a place where people bathe. Yeah. It therefore produces an enormous pressure. And we know that after we've had the success we've had locally, and it's down to two or three people, uh, John Grogan, the MP, Becky Maltby, who's a professor in uh, London University, uh, and uh, Rick Bartaby is another, who's a very good uh, professor of environmental matters on water quality, and uh, Wharfdale naturalists, uh, Karen Shackleton. They, those people were the driving force. Perhaps by the time I'm 90, I shan't have to wonder about whether the Addingham's combined sewer outflows are, are pumping out shit into the river. Sewage is a, it's a euphemism, isn't it? It's shit. That's what's coming into the river. Human shit. And it's an absolute scandal. You wouldn't go and defecate on the bank of the river and think that was OK. So why should you think it's OK to not use your nice facilities at home and then have Yorkshire water flush the stuff straight into the river? The other thing is, um, the reason I'm swimming a lot more in the river is because of COVID and lockdown and so forth. I always used to get a season ticket for our leader, but I'm not sure I should bother now. There are two or three spots on the river which are idyllic. I mean... In the Lido, you sometimes get ducks landing past beside you, but you never see kingfishers flying overhead. There is a spot on the river just above Addingham where there's deep water. And we all know swimmers want deep water. You, know, you don't want to paddle, do you? There is a stretch that must be the size of an Olympic swimming pool. Where you've got, above the high weir, you've got the most wonderful deep stretch. The only problem is the field you get into it from the farm keeps bullocks, and they don't like my little dog. I've had to carry him into the river to save him from the bullet. I don't know about you, but I think that swimming in cold water is probably good for you. I must say, as I've got older, I swim much less in rough water than I ever would, but I swim in far colder water than I did yeah. as a child. And, and I used to think that if you're swimming regularly all, all year round, you must swim regularly to keep acclimatised. I don't think I even believe that anymore. 
And I always used to think, well, I'll need a, a wetsuit. But I realized that a full wetsuit is lousy for cold water swimming because a full wetsuit, I think it's because of the buoyancy or whatever, with a full wetsuit, if you're doing the crawl, you go about 10% faster than you would without a wetsuit because of the buoyancy. But you can't do the breaststroke properly. And at this time of year, all outdoor swimmers that I know do the breaststroke because you don't want to shove your face in the water. And I do think the greatest bit of kit yet invented, don't want to advertise really, because but there are other brands, is the dry robe. I think when you get out of the water and shove one of those, and I, I usually change here and drive down, and driving back, I've put on the dry robe, I've taken everything else off, and it feels vaguely wicked to drive back through the town, stark naked except for a dry robe, in the terror that you might have a traffic accident and have to get out. And people would realise that under the dry robe, you had no trunks on at all. It gives a frisson. <laughs> but there you are. Fabulous. And so why do I Fabulous. swim? Because my dad always swum. Because I've always swum. Because yeah. that's what water is for. There's only one problem where I live in Ilkley. It has one singular disadvantage. You can't live anywhere that's further from the sea. Because I have to say, I really do like swimming in the sea more than anything else. Thank you, Owen. To hear the rest of my chat with Owen, you will need to sign up to my Patreon. There is a link in the show notes. It is much more like my usual format with lots of swimming chat. Remember to share, review and subscribe to Wild Women. It really does help other people to find the show. Special thanks this week go to my stepdad, Neil MacDonald, for taking me through sewerage systems with way too much enthusiasm. And thank you, as always, to Mary St. Mary of the Housecoat Project for allowing me to use the theme music. Links to their work can be found in the show notes. Until next time, keep dipping. But maybe check the water quality first. Gonna win my sister's soul, cause baby she don't like-